Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Okay, let me just let me just preface this. I'm going to try and talk as little as possible today. I'm sure much to the benefit of certain people who have sent us Instagram DMs. Um, because I am dealing with allergy stuff. It's not COVID. It's just sinus things. It's freaking cold. It's February and I get it every year. I'm going to try not to cough, breathe too heavily, or like salivate, which is, I know it sounds really weird, but I can't help it. Um, so... Luckily, I have two people who always join me on Mondays when we do this show who can uh, carry the load a little bit more for me today, which they would probably joke. They do that all the time. Yes, Andy, I'm stealing your joke before you can take it for yourself. Uh, Andy Mitz. Seriously. And, and and you're complaining about it being cold when it's like two degrees here with like a negative 20 degree wind chill. And, and I realize I don't even have it the worst he, down here in, in, you know, the Kansas City area. Jamie has it even worse. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I was going to say, is it is it two degrees above zero there right now? You want to know what it is right now? Right this very second? Oh, wait. It's, it's negative two degrees oh, is here it negative now, so it's a little degrees? bit lower. But Is it negative two degrees? It's negative nine today. You want to know what the high is tomorrow? I think it's still, oh, yeah, negative four. The high. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't leave the house, so it's fine. I but. tried to leave the house today, and it was way too cold for that. So, anyway, Philip, you can go ahead and get back with the rest of the intro now that we've completely derailed it with weather talk. Nah, this is good. This is this is fine. Again, you guys, uh, I'll I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you a, a topic to discuss, and you just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Come um, up with something random, anyway. Uh. You can feel underwhelmed and you can feel overwhelmed, but can you just feel whelmed? Um, okay, so let's talk about hoops uh, off the top here. Let's talk a little team of the week as we like to do our men's team and our women's team of the week. Who wants to go first? Jamie, I know. Look, Andy, I know you don't do the women's team, so let's do the men's teams first and then and then Jamie and I can pick our, our women's team for the week. Hey, so Andy, I have who's a women's, women's team, team as well. Okay, okay. Well, shoot, great, because we'll put this on the Instagram graphic that goes up on, on Monday as well. So... Shoot, Andy, who is your women's team of the week? So my women's team of the week is actually Baylor. And I realize it's probably not going to be the same as you guys. And, I mean, they, they beat Texas Tech by an ungodly <laughs> amount of points. And then uh, 
Sunday night, you know, or Sunday during the day, they also beat Texas, who is supposed to be a really good team this year too, by an ungodly number of points. I mean, Sunday night or Sunday, they won 60 to 35, which was just absolutely ridiculous. So I know I don't follow women's basketball as closely as the rest of you, but I still think that that's super impressive. So I'm going to make them my, my team of the week this week. Yeah. I mean, super valid. Like I, frankly, I'm looking at the box score and still trying to figure out exactly what happened, which means that most likely I'll just sit down and watch at least a chunk of the game because I, I was extremely convinced that Texas had a good shot at beating Baylor. So I need to know why I was so wrong. Um, and they still have another meeting. So we'll see what happens, but that blew my mind. Um, honestly, so that's really not a terrible pick. However, I will go with Oklahoma. Um, I said, I hate having to keep picking teams that beat Iowa state. (laughs) Um, but Oklahoma beat Iowa state 67, 61 in Norman after narrowly losing in Ames earlier in the season and then turned around and won another really close game, beat West Virginia by one point in Morgantown, which is a tough place to play, a tough team to play, and really a tough matchup for some of West Virginia or some of Oklahoma against West Virginia. They have an extremely short bench and they're not very big. And West Virginia is a team that really battles, but um, they they had really really a heck of a week, a uh, heck of a couple games. So they're going to be mine this week. Yeah, Jamie, you and I are in agreement here on on the Sooners. Look, they were six and nine on the season, three and seven in conference play heading into this week, and somehow they go and be because I mean, really, the, the top of the conference has just dominated the bottom. The only the only way really that. OU, Kansas, Texas, Tech, TCU, and Kansas State doesn't have one. But those teams were getting conference wins was against each other. And then somehow Oklahoma goes and beats Iowa State and West Virginia, who are two of the better programs in the conference, two solid teams in the country. Those are huge teams, huge wins for an Oklahoma team that's just been bad this year. I mean, plain and simple. And they were close wins, but they pulled them out. So uh, congrats to the Sooners. It's a, it was a nice week for that- them. Oklahoma has struggled too just because they don't have it there they could use like a taller post and they could use just another player to play it's hard when you have a short bench because they have some people who have had great games they just can't pull them out in the end so I wasn't shocked to see them win a couple games but to do it back to back is and on the road against West Virginia is super impressive Uh, I will say one thing before we move on Um, Oklahoma State Got their win over Texas Tech on Saturday. Swept Texas Tech, which Petty Phillip is really happy about. Um, OSU is 11-4 in conference play. That ties OSU's record in Big 12 play in a single season. 11 wins is the most that OSU has ever won in a single season in conference play. Is 11 games. They still have games against Kansas State, who, as I mentioned before, doesn't have a win in Big 12 play. Uh, Iowa State at home, who is good. Oh, Jamie. And a road game at Baylor. I would feel pretty good about Oklahoma State setting a new conference Big 12 record. Um, probably against Kansas State uh, here on, what is that going to be, Wednesday. So um, that's what a year for the Cowgirls. In a year where there was not a whole lot of expectation about them. This is quite quite the coaching job by Littell. And uh, Natasha Mack is a beast. So uh, moving on to our men's teams of the week. Andy, since you went first last time, you're up first again. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to 
pull away and do something a little bit different from you guys again. And I'm going to say uh, Oklahoma. I know that they only played one game, but it was an absolute thriller. Um, kind of mimicking what the women's team did, you know, winning by one point, this time in double <laughs> overtime uh, in Morgantown, West Virginia. So I, I realized that they only had um, one game. You know, they didn't get an opportunity to play against Baylor. And I, I think that probably would have been, um, you know, that probably would have changed my thinking about this. But it's not Oklahoma's fault that they didn't play Baylor. Uh, you know, Baylor is the team that right now is dealing with a COVID pause that has them missing five games, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Um, so I can't fault Oklahoma for not having the opportunity to play Baylor. Um, I thought what they did in going into to, to Morgantown and winning that game um, in double overtime was was actually extremely impressive. Plus, I also just didn't want to sound like a complete homer by picking my own team. So. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of like good energy hanging around for um, West Virginia there, or for uh, Oklahoma there in West Virginia after uh, after their women were there. A little bit of deja vu. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, Jamie, who do you got this week? Um, I have Kansas. Um, a big part of that is I was at the game on Saturday and obviously watched the game on Thursday on TV. So obviously delivered quite a beat down on Thursday. After that, it could be really easy to just kind of slide into things, which I feel like some people think that Kansas must have just not prepared, not really cared that much to have it be close against Iowa State in Hilton. But there was a definite sense of urgency. Iowa State played much better, and there was fans there with some energy. And so to withstand that and then still win by 14, to me, is pretty impressive. The guys just looked ready to go, but they couldn't hit a shot. Like, if when you don't make some of the shots that Kansas had available and you still win by 14, I mean... That's impressive because there's nights where they just don't fall. And then, of course, just to win three games in a week is is tough. That's, I mean, that's a heck of a stretch. So, and convincing wins. Yeah, I thought a lot about Oklahoma because, again, they only played one win or one game, but it was by far the biggest win of the week. It gave them sole possession of second place in Big 12 play, um, which is which is huge. And, look, I, I was down on OU in the season. Most people had them, I think, preseason like sixth, maybe fifth. I mean, they're sitting in second place. This is a hell of a coaching job that Lon Kruger has done. They're 13-5 and five on the season, 8-4 and four right now. They're moving up in bracketologies, in bracket projections. Props to Sooners. He played one game, and I don't want to dock them for playing one game because it's not their fault, but I agree on Kansas. They had to play three games in a six-game stretch. Six game stretch. They did get a win over Oklahoma State at home. That is a solid win. OSU was ranked for the first time in forever going into into Lawrence, and Kansas beat them pretty soundly, to be honest. And then I know Iowa State's not very good, but they beat Iowa State back-to-back games. Beat them twice, you beat them at home, you beat them on the road. And I thought that heading into Saturday, that that game at Hilton, that uh, Kansas might be a little bit vulnerable. They haven't been playing great, and I know Iowa State's bad, but they've gotten a little bit healthier. I thought they could be better. So props to Kansas. Three games, three wins in six days. I think that's impressive. I think that deserves some recognition. Yeah, and kind of that point. We'll, we'll just get our Kansas talk out of the way now so we don't have to come back to it later. Um, I actually had said on, on my podcast coming into the week that, you know, I this is that was actually the game I was worried about was that Saturday game because, yes, these the two games against Iowa State and the game against Kansas State coming up this week for them should be easy victories. But if you're going to play a team back-to-back, like if that's going to happen, you always want the first game to be on the road. 
because what you don't want is them to get an opportunity to get a feel for how you play and kind of get ready for the onslaught um, when they're on the road so that they go into that second game more confident, you know, feeling like they actually have a shot in that second game. I was worried about that game. I, I figured it could be closer than it actually was, so I was glad to see them get a double-digit win and finish the week out with three double-digit wins. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I was I was fairly impressed with that. And, and honestly, like, what we're seeing is that this Kansas team probably is not as bad as a lot of people seem to think that they are because, yes, the rest of the Big 12 is much better by comparison than they usually are compared to where Kansas is at. Um, but Kansas also had an extremely front-loaded schedule. Like, the timing of, you know, cancellations or postponements was not very helpful. That first Iowa State game that they played that was supposed to be at home would have been really nice to have right before that, you know, game where they went on the road against Baylor in the midst of that three-game losing streak. Um, and so, like, you know, no matter what you want to say about this, I think this is showing that Kansas is still, you know, a very, very good team, could make some noise coming in March, and probably is not as bad as a lot of people seem to think that they are, there's just a whole lot more competition than usual in the Big 12. Yeah, no, I'll agree. Look, Kansas is always going to be good. They haven't been as good as usual. I think that's the problem of when, a, when we have a certain expectation for a team and they're not meeting that, we can construe them as bad, which maybe compared to what we expected Kansas, they're not very good this year, but that doesn't mean they're a bad team overall. So No, I, mean, I, I, th- I think what the difference is is that they're good this year where everybody expected them to be great. Like, I wouldn't say that they're a great team they're they're easily I think one of the top twenty five, um, which means that they have a shot to make a deep run in the in the tournament. But I also don't like I think most people expect them to be a top ten team coming into the year, and they just don't have the talent. And Bill Self, with the way that COVID year has been, has not been able to do his normal job um, of getting everybody coached up. From what I understand, like most teams in the Big Twelve, the Jayhawks aren't really practicing at all, partly to eliminate or to to minimize COVID exposure but also kind of just to make sure that people stay as healthy as possible for the actual games. Um, when you don't have any practice time during the season, it's harder. It's really hard to get better during the season. And so I think what we're seeing from a lot of teams this year, there's not really a lot of development that you would expect from a lot of the lower level team or the, the you know teams that are lower down that are, uh, that is allowing them to challenge the higher teams at the end of the season because nobody's practicing because they're just trying to get through the season. Good point. Good point. Uh, okay. So looking ahead to this week, um, Couple of weird. Obviously, the uh, the Baylor West Virginia game is on hold, postponed because of the COVID issues, um, and that includes a Baylor West Virginia game that was also supposed to be a makeup game. So now they've got to make up both West Virginia games for Baylor. Um, at the moment, Oklahoma State at Baylor on Saturday is still set to go. Last thing we saw from Baylor's athletic director with that game was questionable. wasn't for sure going to be played. So we'll see what happens with that one. As an OSU fan. I would like for OSU to get to go play Baylor coming off of a massive 15-day COVID break because that might give OSU the opportunity for the best win anyone will have on their resume all season. Um, Other thing of note, really interesting, uh, TCU is supposed to go play Texas Tech on Tuesday, uh, but according to Drew Davidson, um, uh, Drew Davidson of the Star-Telegram was told Texas Tech was not able to get to Fort Worth like they were supposed to. Um, and again, that was scheduled for, I guess, Monday yeah, is the yeah. question. I guess it's already been pushed back to Tuesday, and we're waiting to see if that's going to happen then or get pushed back later because of the weather that we're all enjoying so, so much. Right. So, so we much were all concerned about COVID cancellations. What we forgot is that the weather really is an issue at certain times. Um, not usually down yeah. in Texas, but for S- snow, <laughs> snow. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Right. We, maybe a hurricane if you're dealing with, with TCU and Texas Tech. Not snow 
ice and uh, right. Like if it was an Iowa State conditions. game, I would think that you know, like uh, up in in Ames, like, like just you might another have day, like a snow yeah. out or something. Right, like that that would be normal for this time of year. But Texas right now is dealing with a once in a lifetime ice storm. <laughs> I know some people that live down there. Actually, some family that was supposed to be traveling back up for an event this weekend. And uh, wasn't able to do it because of all the wrecks that were happening because of the the ice storm down there. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I'm not surprised that that TCU-Texas Tech game had to be postponed. Hopefully it's only just postponed the one day so that they can go ahead and actually play that on Tuesday. But it means also— Well, because they were supposed to also have—they were supposed to play on Thursday at Fort Worth. Um, If I—wait, is that right? Hold on, I'm going off ESPN's stuff, and I'm trying to remember, like, yeah, TCU was supposed to go to Texas Tech, and then Texas Tech, this was supposed to be one of those, like, three games in a six-day situation where they were making up a game they had played, and the weather's throwing that kink into that. So right. that's going to be interesting. You might literally have to play each other on Tuesday, then turn around and play each other on Thursday, and then they'll be both playing again on the games again on, on Saturday, which is, oh, man, this is 2021, man. 2020, 2021. It, it's just two Spider-Men pointing at each other. <laughs> I know, but it's just two Spider-Man pointing at each other. It's that, it's that meme. I'm it's, looking ahead to this week. It's just weird that we're not going to have a big Monday game this week, to be honest. Ah, it's gross. We should always be. Yeah, because we're supposed to have Baylor, West Virginia. But, you know, COVID. Phillips Slavin of the 1012 podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to? on iTunes, on Spotify. Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Um, so is there a game this week that you guys are excited for? We got, a, obviously, uh, Tuesday we have Iowa State at Oklahoma State and, and Texas at Oklahoma, which will be a good one. Uh, I'm not going to count Kansas, Kansas State. Sorry, Sunflower Showdown. Uh, Texas, Iowa State on Thursday. We might have a Texas Tech TCU game. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and then Saturday we have a potential game uh, between... Oklahoma State and Baylor. We've got Texas Tech at Kansas, West Virginia at Texas, Kansas State at TCU and Oklahoma at Iowa State. Anything uh, anything on the, the supposed-to-be-played-this-week schedule that uh, really wets your whistle? I'm, I'm looking forward to all of Texas' schedule this week because I think, assuming they get to play both games, this is going to tell us whether Texas is in one of their you know yearly Shaka Smart end-of-year swoons or if they were – just finally battling their way back from COVID issues in the program and are finally starting to get their feet back underneath them. So I'm going to be curious to see how that one plays out. Um, if they can win both of those games, they'll easily be the team of the week this, this next week. Uh, and we'll put them in a very good position to get back up onto that two line 
uh, potentially even a one line, depending on how solidly they beat them. And if they get an opportunity to beat Baylor, um, you know, late in the season, if like if, if they can finish out the rest of this season with a bunch of big wins, cause they have a really big schedule coming up. Um, then Texas is still in a good shot to get a really high seed going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't looked that much at the basketball slate this coming week because both of Iowa State's women's games are on the road, and so those are both my radio games, and that's been where all my focus has been. But if I'm looking at the schedule and I'm saying, okay, what would I want to try and make time to watch? I don't know. I mean, it's such a homer thing, but Iowa State keeps getting close enough that I keep having some hope that maybe they'll do something better than they have been but I don't know there's I don't know that I can even let myself think that I think that if Baylor and Oklahoma State play that'll be fun and interesting but I don't know if that'll happen but if it does it would be interesting and to your point on Texas go to Oklahoma on Tuesday go to Ames Iowa on Thursday get home on Saturday for West Virginia if Texas goes two and one in that stretch I'm gonna call them team of the week because that is Oklahoma really good West Virginia really good you got to travel to Ames in the middle of that which I know Hilton's not what it normally is and Iowa State's not very good but that's not an easy road trek to take for three games in a six-day period, that is that well, is well. And there tough. was like that's there really, was some really and look at that Tuesday, past game and Thursday. Stuff. That's five games. It's five days. Hold on a second. That's three games in five days, and two of those are against ranked opponents, and one of those is all the way up to names. That is a man for Texas. Whew, that's that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be interesting. And they're gonna have some fans, but it's not no normal Hilton magic. But it's a lot. Um, I I know we usually don't do this, but I don't care. Um. I'm picking OSU Baylor if that game happens because I said this on the OSU show that I do, and I'll say it on here. If this game happens on Saturday, I'm calling the upset now, and I probably shouldn't because anytime I say an upset out loud that I think in my head, it never actually happens, and if I think it in my head, it does. But I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to go into Waco and face a Baylor team coming off of a 15-day COVID shutdown and OSU eke out the best win anyone will have on their resume all season. Is there a line for that game already? No, it's too far out. Okay, I thought so. Um, but I, I actually was listening to uh, um, the High Motor podcast uh, uh, that uh, Andrew Doty has over there. He was talking about how you know he had uh, he had Thor Nystrom, big KU guy, on there, uh, who was talking about what they've looked at betting wise, and that a lot of teams that go on COVID pauses against teams that haven't had a COVID pause, like the line is usually about three to four points more. Uh, heavily favored in the team that had the COVID pause and it should be. So like teams are fairly consistently beating the line there. And I, I think you might be getting ahead of yourself a little bit by actually pr- predicting an up, you know, like in a straight up win, but you know, that is definitely going to be kind of interesting. I also think that Baylor is on a much longer COVID pause than most of those, you know, teams have been. It's not like they've been able to practice or anything like that. Um, it kind of makes you wonder exactly what's going on because it doesn't seem to me like this is strictly COVID. I think there's also injury issues uh, just with the way that this is being phrased. Like it's not saying, you know, going on pause because of COVID-19. It's because of um, competition or interruption guidelines, which is a combination of both COVID and injuries because it talks about like minimum players available. Um, and so like I think that there's a very good chance that there may be players that are injured that we don't know anything about because they haven't been playing Um 
And so, like, real, I think it's going to be really important to kind of see who is on their injury report or who doesn't actually play in that game. I would not be surprised at all if Oklahoma State were to pull off the upset. And if that happens, then Oklahoma State immediately goes, I think, in the lock column for the NCAA tournament this year. Um, just because that is a gigantic win that boosts the, you know, the rest of the resume that they have, um, where I don't even know that they necessarily need to worry about it unless they just tank and lose every single game the rest of the year after that, which by the time that actually happens, there's only going to be two games left and they have the big 12 tournament. So like that, that would be kind of the final cherry on top that they would need to ensure that Cade Cunningham is going to get to go to the NCAA tournament in his only year here, uh, you know, down in Stillwater. So yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. Okay. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back to talk a little Big 12 football schedules. The Highball Network is your new home for podcasts that meet you at the intersection of sports and entertainment. Featuring personalities like Christine Butterfield, Madison Morris, Randy Heights, and Ryan Chapman, the Highball Network will keep you entertained while delivering high-level analysis across the entire spectrum of sports. The Winning Women podcast preaches female empowerment, and covers stories of perseverance and breakthroughs for women in sports. Sideline Warning delivers fast-paced commentary on sports all across the national landscape, complete with plenty of roasts. And for you Sooner fans out there, the Heisman Park Rangers covers the entirety of OU athletics, from football to softball and everything in between. Like the Highball Network on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Highball Network to stay up to date on all our latest projects. You can find Highball Network Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, so the Big 12 finally, took them forever, uh, put out the 2021 football conference schedules for all 10 Big 12 teams. We have those available. Um, and I want to I kind of talk about them a little bit. Some interesting notes and observations that I had on them, one of them being this, uh, all but Kansas State and Baylor at some point on the schedule have a four-game stretch of three road games. Which, I guess, congrats to Baylor and Kansas State on not having to get dealt that hand. But that is tricky for everyone involved. That's cr- It's crazy. Like, that's nuts to me that you're going to play three road games in four days. More so, really want to talk about how, how weird things are. Uh, I don't know. Where did it go? Yeah. I just... Texas... This is even weirder. So Texas will open conference play against Texas Tech on November on September 25th. Then they do TCU on the road, Oklahoma in Dallas, OSU at home, Idle Week, back-to-back road games against Baylor and Iowa State, Kansas at home, and West Virginia. So from October 2nd, when they face TCU on the road, to November 20th, when they face West Virginia on the road, they will play two home games. That's an eight-week stretch. That's crazy for Texas in their first year with Steve Sarkeesian and a whole new staff. That is insane. I, I, I feel bad for Texas, I think, a little bit, to be honest. I think. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that like whatever? Who cares? I don't know. I, I I just like what do we why why do that why would you do that why would you do that I'm gonna be honest I have a hard time feeling bad about Texas for anything when it comes to football um not especially or especially since their schedule isn't even the worst one like when you look at the stuff that they have to do I mean yeah it's it's not great 
but I, I mean, I see some that are that are honestly a lot worse. Like teams like TCU, who has no bye week at all in that their entire Big Twelve conference schedule. They literally just play straight nine weeks. Um, that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, I'm also looking at for some reason the Big Twelve just has this big. Uh, uh, they I think they they. For some reason, they want Kansas Baylor to be super early in the year as kind of like the opening up Big 12 play. I don't know that that's going to be a good game. So why are we like making that the first view of conference play? Um, oh, hold on on that one. Hold on. Um, that is partial. I don't know why they put Kansas there. Baylor has a game against BYU later in the season, like in the middle of conference play, which is why they had to have a conference game earlier in the year. Because I saw people complain like, Baylor gets two idle weeks. It's like, no, they have BYU in the middle there. Um, I need to go look at Kansas' schedule because I kind of wonder if it's a similar situation. Since I'm pretty sure the 25th is, is Coastal Carolina. Yeah, so somebody had to play Baylor early. I guess they decided it was Kansas because Kansas didn't have a non-conference game there. So congrats, Kansas. I... Yeah, I still would have liked for them, if they were going to do that, to at least make the actual bye week for Kansas a little bit later. But it is Kansas. You're not going to cater to a Kansas team when you're making the schedule. But like a team like TCU who I expect to, you know, potentially take a step forward this year, they get completely screwed by not having a bye week at all in the middle. Like, I'm pretty sure they're in a similar situation where their game, uh, like their bye week or the opening that they have inside of their non-conference isn't, like, at the end of their non-conference either. No, so, it's like, not. They are. They will play right. 10 straight games. They play SMU on the 25th of September. So, really, that idle week is their own fault. And I've noticed this with TCU. They often, for some strange reason, seem to have their idle week in like week two or three every year, which is during non-conference. Why TCU doesn't schedule all their non-conference games in a row so that that idle week can be placed later? That's on them to some extent. Like if, unless you're going to have them play a conference game earlier, and then you got to you got to have somebody else who has an opening there on September 18th to put their conference game there. Like that's kind of on TCU. Like I agree, that's insane that they have ten straight weeks of football and no break. But if you're like part of that's the way they built their own schedule, and I, again, I feel like it's a TCU thing because this this seems to happen. A lot. I think it was either two years ago, or maybe it was supposed to be last year's schedule, where they had their idle week. Like they played an FCS team, and then they were off. They played like like UAPB, and they were off. And I'm like, that's your own fault for scheduling that way. I don't understand. I don't understand that philosophy. I don't know if that's a Gary Patterson thing. That's a TCU thing. If that's just, I don't understand it. I don't. I think it's ridiculous. Like I, I don't understand. It. Maybe they just don't like playing. Having an idle week late, you know, they just want to play straight through. I don't get it. I I also think though as well. I think we got used to two years in a row having multiple bye weeks <laughs> because if you remember this last week, obviously they or this this last year they had a multiple bye weeks because of COVID. But the year before, they had an extra week in the schedule from when the season could start to when the conference championships were scheduled for, and so they actually could have two bye weeks. They could have one right after non conference, and then they could have one in the middle of the conference schedule. Um, so I think part of that might just be that we're used to them having multiple bye weeks in the middle of their football schedule, and that's not normally how it works. So it is a little weird um, to kind of see it, it that it way. Should be. But uh, yeah, can I just say that? Like they, I would, I would be fine if football started earlier. I hate idle weeks because it means we don't have our team to watch. But also, like, I would be curious what coaches think. I think there are some coaches who hate idle weeks. I think there are other coaches that think we see the value of them, and I wonder if two. If we care about player safety, would two idle weeks be more beneficial to players to be able to rest and get healthy? And, and I, I, I think they should make it a thing regularly. It also makes the season a little bit longer, which is fine with me. More weeks for uh, for home field stuff, right? 
More we for home field. Hold on. We'll get that plug in just a second. Um, One last (laughs) note. Typically, when you have an idea of who's going to be in your conference (laughs) championship game, and it it, it changes all the time. You never know, right? The, The team picked number two in the Big 12 preseason poll has yet to actually reach the Big 12 conference championship game. Okay. OU's always picked preseason like number one. They always get there. The team pick number two never does. It's always three, four, five, or six, right? Had a different team face Oklahoma every year. But it feels like this year, Oklahoma, Iowa State is is the most, I think we're the most confident in that we've been because of how much Iowa State is bringing back. Basically, bringing everybody but Jaquan Bailey. So it feels like that's a really good chance for a rematch of Oklahoma and Iowa State. So where does the Big 12 decide to put? Round one, potentially, of Oklahoma, Iowa State. November 20th. Two weeks before the Big 12 championship game. You took the words out of my So either they, either they know something we don't, <coughs> refs, uh, or someone done screwed up. Because that doesn't make a lick of sense. I'm f- like I'm fine with Iowa State not getting to play Oklahoma early in the season, which I do think has benefited Iowa State. It has. It doesn't mean Iowa State doesn't deserve to win the games they've won, folks. Don't get all bent out of shape. But I do think it benefits Iowa State to some extent, even though they can't beat Iowa. But putting it there, you couldn't find any other spot for this potential game. There's nowhere else on the schedule you could have put this potential game. I don't understand. I, so you might have a, uh, it just uh, the, it baffles the mind it really truly baffles the mind also one f- Jamie I know you have thoughts just go oh, ahead oh I was just I, I, I was gonna bring it up and then you did I was gonna say that I'm looking forward to seeing OU Iowa State twice in two weeks like let's let's just get it going but no it'll be really interesting because especially Again, like I, I can't even let myself think that will be as good as projected because that's just not been the way that Iowa State fans' brains can work in relation to football. But um, I think that, I mean, you got a shot at having a couple of teams that are tied atop the conference at that point. And it gets kind of wild there at the end there. It, I don't know. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we we actually talked about it here, um, about, like, where the perfect timing for that would be. And, like, this is nowhere near that. And so, like, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's one of those things, like, if you wanted to build hype and, you know, get people excited, like, that would have been the perfect, like, mid I was going to say, like, the 30th to be looking would be forward like, to. great. Yeah, I mean, we we actually had that discussion um, about where it should be and 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 all of that, and you know, I, I think part of that too is that we were, you know, I, I don't know, is this just me or does it seem like the uh, the Red River rivalry is a little earlier than it normally is as well, which would meant like if you're going to move it off of when that normally is, because normally it's like mid October or late October instead of that like first full week in October. Maybe I'm not remembering that correctly because I don't actually root for one of those two teams. But uh, it's I don't know. It seems like maybe we're we're off on timing on some other things, and that would have made complete sense if we were, you know, shifting it around so we could get what is probably going to be the premier pre or the premier regular season game into like a prime spot. You know, I, I mean, I, I understand wanting to have games that matter towards the end of the conference season to get people hyped going into the conference championship game, but. 
that's not one of the ones that you want to do. Like you want to give people a potential preview that isn't going to then turn people off if that actually happens to be the rematch. Because I can tell you right now, if you're going to rematch that game two weeks later, a lot of people are going to say, well, not enough has been able to be be changed in those two weeks for us to really, you know, assume that anything's going to be different. It's going to kill a lot of the hype for the net, for the, for the big 12 championship game. If that actually happens. Mm -hmm. Agreed. One final thought, you know, most conferences, and not that Alabama needs it, but most conferences like the SEC and the ACC do their best teams a favor when the way they build the schedule to help teams like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State better set themselves up to reach the playoff because it benefits the conference as a whole. The way they schedule. Like, let's just be honest. This is this this is this happens. Okay. <gasps> no way. I know. But the Pac-12 and the Big 12 have seen to not quite grasp that memo. Because here's the end of Oklahoma schedule. So they get their idle week at the beginning of November. Then they go to Baylor. They understand they have two weeks for Baylor, but I, I do think Dave Aranda has that defense playing well and will have them playing well. And the Dave Aranda's defense, I don't think it was entirely a fluke that Baylor played a close game against Oklahoma this season. I think Dave Aranda understands how to play defense against Lincoln Riley. That is a tough situation for Oklahoma. Then they face Iowa State at home. Iowa State, a team that has beaten Oklahoma twice in the last, like, four years. And then I know that OU beats OSU every single year. I get that. They still have to go on the road to Stillwater to end the regular season. That is not a nice three-game stretch to put on your your best team at the end of the regular season. I understand it's like, ooh, this is good watchability. That's not how you set the watchability doesn't matter nearly as much as, what? Getting your team to the playoff. Putting Oklahoma in that situation in the year is not the smartest thing to do as a conference. Now, look, I get it. We care about all the teams, but this is more of a, I don't care the best team in the conference is. If it's Texas, if it's OU, if it's Baylor, if it's TCU, you don't put your perceived best team in the conference in a tough situation at the end of the year if you want to get teams to the playoff. You no, like don't. you see the SEC do this every year with like Georgia and Alabama when they play or, you know, Alabama, Auburn, like that is normally like right at the beginning of the second half of their schedule because it gives those two teams, which are probably their two best opportunities to get someone to the playoff. Like if you if you're fairly certain that the winner of that Oklahoma Iowa State you know game is going to be the best opportunity for the conference to make the playoff, then like what you want to do is set them up so that both of those teams are in peak condition, you know theoretically. When that actually happens, which is going to be right smack dab in the middle, but you also want to give them enough time that if the one that loses then goes on to be phenomenal the rest of the year, they have enough time to overcome the bad PR hit from that loss and get themselves back in playoff position, which that does not happen at all here. Also, of note, early in the conference schedule, oh, you opens with West West Virginia, and they go to Kansas State to face a Chris Kleiman coached Kansas State team who has beaten Lincoln Riley two years in a row. The week before Red River. I think part of me is laughing and part of me is like joking because I have these allergies. What? You put Kansas State and Red River in back-to-back like that? I I, I don't, I don't, again, I I, people are like, you don't need to help Oklahoma. Like, no, they're going to win the Big 12 anyway. But you'd like them to do it. It benefits the conference when you get a Big 12 team in the playoff, even if it's Oklahoma, and even if they get curb stomp in the semifinals. We've had this conversation on. I'm going to keep having it all season. Why do we put so much praise on the Final Four of the NCAA basketball? I get why. But, like, we treat the fourth-place fourth, fourth place team in the playoff when they get beat by 
double digits like their horse manure and how dare they even thought they belong there meanwhile most of the fan bases who are laughing at them just wish for five just wish to god they could get curb stomp on the playoff on national tv so let's just understand the fact that we would love to get a team in the playoff i don't like all the playoff talk but that's the reality and that's the world we live in so let's live in it it's good to get a team in your conference in the playoff Oklahoma is the best shot this year. Sorry, Iowa State. If you listen to the conversation with Steve Lassen on Thursday, you would understand why that is. Benefit Iowa State and benefit Oklahoma if those are your two best teams. Iowa State schedule? Texas at home, at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, TCU. And I think TCU is going to be good. And TCU plays Iowa State typically pretty well. I don't think that's a... And Texas Tech stinks, but like... It's not an easy end of the schedule for them either. I, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't under. I don't. They are all making lots and lots of money to make these decisions, so they must surely be better at it than I am. So I'm just gonna just gonna go with that. Yeah, I was to say. You know, just my final thought is they must they must think that the 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 two most important games for Oklahoma are going to be Kansas and Texas Tech because those are right in that window of where you want the marquee matchups to be. So I'm just I'm just going to be quiet after that. Those are the two teams that have yet. Those are two of the teams that have yet to make the Big Twelve title game. So there we go. Um, <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. I know. I'm going to choke myself making dumb comments like that. That's why I had to All make right. a comment and then stop because I I wasn't going to be able to like continue on with that thought without busting up laughing. So. Uh, so, as we all know, uh, Homefield Apparel is a sponsor here on the 1012 Podcast. Homefield Apparel, who makes the most comfortable, most amazing, most well-researched, best-designed, vintage college sports apparel that you can find. Now, yes, Baylor and Iowa State are currently the only two Big 12 schools that are available. However, the football season is not truly over because FCS football, which technically kicked off this last weekend but really gets rolling this weekend— is some spring football. We have spring college football, the FCS. And so we've been thought, thinking about this, and it just so happens that our good friends at Homefield Apparel happen to have some really amazing gear for three of the FCS teams that will be playing spring football. So what we have decided to do is that each of us is going to pick our FCS Homefield Apparel team we will probably each buy one of their shirts because why not? They all have cool stuff. And we will do our weekly uh, check-in on these teams and follow them throughout the season because why the heck not? Okay? We're, we're adopting them as like 10, 12 FCS sister schools uh, for the duration of this spring football season because if you say you love college football but you say good FCS, then really you just like your team, which is fine, but just admit to that and move on. Look, if, if we can adopt Coastal Carolina, you know, on this podcast— throughout the entire FBS football season, and we can definitely pick an FCS team that, you know, didn't beat any of the Big 12 teams this year, so. That is correct. Although they do have Houston Baptist, though Houston Baptist is not playing spring football, but they almost beat Texas Tech. Um, was that this year or last? Ah, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so we're going to randomize this because we're, we're each going to get to have one. So I want to make sure that we get to pick. And the, and the only way I know that is fair uh, which is to randomize our names and see what our pecking order is. So here we go. I'm going to hit this three times. One, two, three. Okay, perfect. So our order is Andy, myself, and Jamie. Our three schools that we have to choose from are Delaware, North Carolina A&T, and North Dakota State. <laughs> so 
we are each going to pick our teams. Andy, you have first pick. Uh, so which of these three home field apparel, FCS, football, spring, season schools uh, would you like to adopt as your own personal school this year? So, so I actually debated about this when I knew we were going to do this. I debated long and hard. And I was originally thinking about uh, North Dakota State. Uh, you know, I mean, who who doesn't want to pick one of the most successful FCS programs? Um, but then I remembered that they're, you know, very closely tied to Kansas State right now. And I don't know that as a self-respecting Jayhawk, I can actually do that. Plus, I am a Kansas fan. I am used to really crappy football. Um, it wouldn't feel right to pick one of the best FCS football teams as the one to follow as a Kansas <laughs> fan. So instead, I'm going to go with the one with the most kick-ass mascot, the one that I feel the most kinship to. I'm going to go with Delaware because I want me Damn one of those sweet blue hen T-shirts. Uh, you know, if, if Homefield wants to just send me one, I would not you know, <laughs> mind that at all. But uh, I get the feeling that uh, in a couple weeks here, come, you know, come come bonus time, if I don't already have one, I'm going to be buying one of those. Uh, yes, the Delaware blue hen stuff is, is awesome. Um, okay, since I hosted podcasts and in good sportsmanship, uh, I'm going to say screw the randomizer. Jamie, which school would you like? And I will take wow. whatever's left. Um, so I, I was hoping to go first because I knew Andy was going to take Delaware and I had a really, we all wanted Delaware. We all wanted Delaware. WNBA star Alina Deladon went to school. Thought that was kind of dope, but you know what? Maybe I'll just get myself some, some, uh, some Delaware merch when I also pick up my, uh, my new team, uh, um, I'm looking at my screen trying to figure out the words I'm trying to say. I <laughs> am going to base it off of my favorite merchandise from Homefield because that makes sense. So I'm going to go with North Carolina A&T because they have just a monster of an old Bulldog logo. And it is just threatening and it looks like it is a bulldog merged with a 90 year old man and to me that is apparently endearing (laughs) his thighs he has no calves he just goes from like beast thighs straight to ankles like it is insane see you guys did this smart by looking at the merch first I just knew that I liked the the, the, the Delaware has mascot. great merch though. Oh, it's got the best. No, look, I, I remember that one when it first came out, so I knew that that one was good. But I didn't even bother to look well, at the other ones. Well, they just like they just restocked some gray hoodies too, so I can get me a, a good gray aggy hoodie. I can wear it as my grout fit with my sad dog joggers. I've got it all figured out. I sleep oh, in perfect. them because my. Home is extremely cold, so I sleep in my Colorado State sweatshirt and the sad dog joggers, but now I can level up and have a hood also. I'm so pleased that you left me the North Dakota State. Not because they're obviously, you know, a program that'll probably win the national championship as they do every year. Don't care about that. Um, I actually really like this, like, throwback old school bison mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it's really cool. I like it. I also happen to live in a small town in Arkansas who's... D3 college mascots, the Bison. So I feel like I'm like kind of trying to care about the school here. Uh, more importantly, this is just cool Bison stuff. So I'm going to get myself some North Dakota State Bison gear. Like, you, you even like, do you even go there? No. 
But who cares? See, if if who, I would have taken North Dakota State, I could have like really leaned into it because Iowa State played at North Dakota State last year, and I did the game. So I have a picture like with the with the little bison they have in their basketball stadium and stuff like that. I really could have really could have went with it. But gotta have the Aggie. Yeah, I also failed to mention I. If I had picked North Dakota State, I think my co-host over on my podcast would have killed me because he is a UND alum. Um, so Whoa. that would have, yeah, not been good. <laughs> All right. So our our uh, our weekly home field apparel segment, we'll, uh, we'll check in on our FCS teams. That is Andy with Delaware, uh, Jamie with North Carolina A&T, and myself with North Dakota State. And if they pick up any more along the way, well, sorry, you should have hopped on the home field apparel uh, bandwagon sooner. Uh, of course, as we always say, they have Iowa State and Baylor gear as well. I have more than 100 schools available, and you can save by listening to the 1012. Just go pick out your shirts. Uh, use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, and get 20% off your first order. So, uh, Jamie, I know you've already made an order. Andy, I think you've made an order. I know I have. So we can't use our first-time promo, but it's not going to stop me. So if you have yet to buy anything from Homefield Apparel, I don't know why you should. Uh, go check them out. 10, 12, 20% off your first order. Be rocking some awesome, vintage, comfortable college sports apparel uh, this year. All right, I want to wrap up on this. Um, there was a, a report that came out this past week. Uh, according to uh, Scott Bell of the Dallas Morning News, he tweeted this on Friday afternoon. It says, news, quote, because of the pandemic, the NCAA has announced it is leaving it up to the conference's discretion if they're automatic qualifier to the NCAA tournament big dance, it will be the regular season champ or the conference tournament champ. Conferences have until February 26th to make their choices. Uh, typically, as we all know, um, for the most part, you win your conference tournament. It doesn't matter if you were the one seed or the eight seed. If you win that tournament, you get to go to March Madness. Now, most of the time, uh, for Power 5 schools, it doesn't happen. Every once in a while, you get one of those magical Syracuse runs where they go through the whole thing and and get to go to the tournament because they weren't going to get to. But, and I look, I love it for the, the small conferences. Now, I think it's to their detriment a lot of times by not sending their best team. But I, if you don't enjoy Champ Week of the, like, MEAC and OVAC and other VACs, like, I don't, AX or whatever, I don't know what's wrong with you. Those are the best things in sports. Like, there's so much. Okay, not that. But the point is, it's one of the best things in sports. It's so much fun. I love it. So, but it got me thinking. You look at, uh, you look at the, uh, the mock brackets that have been coming out. The Big 12 looks like they're going to have seven teams, assuming Oklahoma State doesn't you know, fall off a cliff in the, the end of the season here. It looks like the Big 12 is going to send Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech, uh, I say Kansas, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. They're going to send seven teams. And the only teams left home would be TCU, Kansas State, and Iowa State. That got me thinking. You know, we keep saying they should just cancel the Big 12 tournament. There's no reason to do it. You should focus on the makeup games. I have a proposal. And they would never do this, but I don't care because it would be hilarious and make me smile. It would just be a giant middle finger to the NCAA. Um, I think that what the Big 12 should do is hold a tournament. First off, have as many of your makeup games as you can, but have a tournament and send your tournament winner to the NCAA tournament. But the tournament will only consist of the teams who are not projected to make March Madness. And the winner of that tournament will also get to go. So if you feel confident that the Big 12 will send seven, autom- seven teams, uh, at-large teams, Baylor, 
West Virginia, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. If you feel confident that all those seven teams are going to get in no matter what, then hold a round robin of TCU, Kansas State, and Iowa State. And the winner of that will also get to go. And the Big Ten at 12 will send eight teams to the tournament. My, my only problem with that is you You're know only, You only that, have one? No, no. Like my you only have problem, a problem with that? I think that would be absolutely hilarious. I would love that to pieces. My only problem with that is that you know that the selection committee would get together and completely screw over the Big 12 by saying, okay, well, we were going to send seven, you know, seven teams. Um, we're going to keep it at seven teams. We're just going to lop off the lowest rated one. Even if they would have been like, you know, like an eight seed, they're just going to punish the Big 12 for doing something so completely, you know, creative there and outside the realm of what they intended uh, that they're going to punish the Big 12 somehow. Um, you know, even if even if like the Big Ten did the same sort of thing, they would punish the Big Twelve for it. <laughs> I just like the Big Ten's gonna get like more. The Big Ten's got what fourteen teams. They're gonna get like eleven in, which is gonna be stupid. I just screw it. Why not be like you know what? If that's what you want to let us do. Because you feel good about everybody. Like Oklahoma State's the lowest rated one. Like everyone's like a five, one through five seed. OSU I think is gonna do like an eight seed right now. They win four games. They're gonna feel pretty good about a seven or eight. Let's see. Let's see what happens with TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State. What happens? They might all lose in the first round. They probably will. Who cares? Let's get eight teams in. Let's stack that field. Let's stack that deck. Put it in our favor. Send eight teams. You would send eighty percent of your conference. No, you would have a percentage that you've sent to the NCAA tournament that no one will ever match at eighty. Imagine like those. Just let's do it. Let's just games, let's just though. do it. Like that's just like oh, the I don't care. round robin you could ever propose, and it just. Ugh. No. Would it really but they would be all matter. Uglier but they would all the matter. Level, like conference tournaments, though. Like I mean, yeah, no, those are bad sometimes. Right. Those are real bad. Yeah, but you don't expect as much there when you're like, we're the Big Twelve, and then that's what you're serving up. Ugh. Yeah, but hold on a second, Iowa State fan, you guys do call it Hilton South, right? So this is your shot to get back in. This is your shot to go again. You know, you get those Iowa State fans down there. I think they'd show up. I mean, Kansas State's not going to win squat. TCU's you not bad. S- you keep I, saying that. Yeah. Who have... Have you looked at the conference <laughs> standings? I just... I, I don't know where The look on your face right now, Jamie. There's no fantastic. chance that K-State would be doing things there based on, this I don't know, <laughs> the rest of the season. This is K-State we're talking about. No one likes my idea? I love my idea. I, there's someone who's going to listen to the show being like, well, I oh, no, no. stick around. I love your before. idea, but I also love it just because of how stupid it is. Oh, it's it's asinine. Exactly. <laughs> On the right either. side, I would It'll probably never happen. get to go. So, <laughs> considering the last game I saw in Kansas City was Iowa State's Big 12 <laughs> game last year, I don't know if it could get much worse. Oh, wait, when OSU and Iowa State played, the only game of the Big 12 tournament that played? That was a really rough couple of days for me. I mean, I, I mean, the COVID hit, so I think it was a pretty That's what rough I'm couple saying. days for everybody. I was everybody. there for that game. Pretty co- rough couple days for everybody. And then slowly we saw that things were shutting down, and then I was with the women's basketball team as they were getting ready to start practice, and then they shut everything down, and that was it. I cried a lot. But that's not anything new. That's just a side note. Oh, that's, I okay. Mean, th- that's like a Tuesday. I cried a lot. Now that we've thoroughly depressed our listeners at the end of the podcast. It's fine. I'm fine. 
Let's wrap up on this. Uh, TCU basketball announced, um, and I just missed it. Sorry. TCU's home game against Texas Tech on Monday has been pushed to Thursday. So that game will be on Thursday. TCU will play Texas Tech. Uh, I'll play at Texas Tech on Tuesday. Um, times and TV networks are t- to be announced. So we'll see what happens there. But those games get played at this point Tuesday and Thursday. So that's another three games and five game stretch for for those two teams. Yikes! 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 All right. Meanwhile, Baylor's missing five games and is probably not going to make up like more than one of them. So, and for Texas Tech. Because I know they play the following Monday. That's actually four games in a seven-game stretch. No, they'll they'll probably end up pushing that one. <sighs> we'll see. No, they gotta get them all played, man. They got we ain't got time for pushing. No, no, but we they did it for, for Kansas when Kansas was supposed to be on a Monday. They pushed it to Tuesday because of something similar. So, no, that's true. Well, as an Oklahoma State fan, I know she has to play Texas Tech on that Monday. Boo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wrapping up. Do us a favor. Uh, leave us a rating. Five stars if you don't mind. Please leave us a review as well. We'll read it here on the pod. And yes, if you want to DM us on Instagram and tell me that you don't like my voice, can't stand it, that's also fine. It's not really constructive because there's nothing I can do about it. Although I will get healthier and it'll get better than it is at this current state. Uh, but if that's what you want to do, that's cool. That's However, fine. I don't cry about it. your complaint is with me, as we've established, hear it. I cry a lot. So just think about that. <laughs> I I won't handle it well. If if you really just want to hurt me, that's fine. I can take it. Don't worry. Jamie's just painting a big giant target on her face right now yeah. by talking about what? crying about Christmas. Why do I feel like we're breaking into a Boy George song here? <laughs> just say just, nice just, things about um, me. I'm very okay. delicate. We, I think this is a point in time where we should all be saying nice things about everybody. It's just you know, it's a nice way to be. So leave us a rating. Five stars, please. Leave us a review. We will read it here on the show. We would appreciate them, especially if you're an iTunes listener. Follow us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow us on the gram at 1012pod where we post exclusive content you will only get there. We'll try and get some video stuff up. I'm just struggling with this whole video thing, man. I love putting more work on myself and then complaining. Like, I don't have time for the work that I put on myself that no one's asking for. But, you know, I am my own worst whatever. Follow our good friends here, Andy and Jamie, on Twitter. Andy at at Andy at 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 Andy Mitz 12, M-I-T-T-S. Yeah. Jamie at J Styes, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. Of course, uh, this is up on Monday at 6 a.m. as it is every week. Let's go take the week the episode off. And we are also up on Thursdays at 6 a.m. Don't know who the guests are yet for Thursday. Yes, I do. But I'm not going to say it because every time I say who the guest is going to be, it falls through. So we're not going to talk about it. All I'm going to say is this. College baseball starts this weekend, folks. And I am thrilled college softball started last weekend for those games that were able to be played thanks snow um so we'll probably talk about that again sometime soon as well because i like college softball and i like college baseball so all that said subscribe rate review follow tweet us gram us dm us follow andy and jamie we'll talk to you guys again on thursday Podcast Network.